0: Welcome to another episode of The Fire Caves, a Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Perry.
1: And I'm your host, David. Tonight we're talking about Season 3, Episode 19, Through the Looking Glass. Before we continue, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube as The Fire Caves, a Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast.
0: That's right. As I say, every single week, you should find us and follow us because we are awesome. We are great. We're a good time. We're overall friendly for the most part, you know, and we do try our best to stick just to Trek and other things sci-fi. So if you're worried about any kind of, I don't know, religious, political, social commentary, or whatever, there's none of that. None of that at all. It is it is strictly sci-fi. So find us, follow us, engage with us, and I guarantee you're, you'll enjoy it. And you might come away with a couple of laughs and... Having learned a couple of things. <laughs> uh so as David said tonight, we are here to discuss the episode Through the Looking Glass, a oddly great, or I guess a, a great mirror universe episode, I should say. And that's saying something for me because I don't like the mirror universe at all. I was which gonna I'm sure say I thought you too. had said pretty definitively
1: yeah. you don't like these episodes. Okay. Yes.
0: So. I- I don't like them, um, and we'll get into that because uh, we've we talked about this a couple of times now. Um, but before we do any of that, David, how has your week been?
1: It's been fine. Um, so I finished book three of the Expanse this week. I know you had Jeez. started it.
0: <laughs> yes, I didn't
1: know how far you'd yes. gotten. I mean, I I I was reading a hundred pages a day at work, and then like the last bit, there's like a like it's 540 pages basically. So I knocked out the last 40 uh, in the same days I did the last hundred. So 140. Um, cause I didn't, I have a lot of time at work. So I was like, if I'm going to bring another book to work, I don't want to have to bring this one back. So I'll just knock it out. It's the climax mm-hmm. of the book anyway. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's basically the last half of season three on the show. Uh, they make a lot okay. of changes, uh, to some of the the major plot elements in order to kind of slim down some of the, uh, some of the events that happened in book three in order to fit it into basically a seven C se- a seven episode arc, because there's like six episodes that wrap up book two and then they do book three and seven episodes, um, on the show. And, uh, we can go into more detail on the changes at uh, some later date, but, um, yeah, it's a fire
0: caves after dark yeah. be fire caves after dark guys. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, uh, yeah, the expanse is, uh, going strong. Um, I'm I'm taking a you know I take pauses in between because well, you know you you read at a different pace than I do so
0: I'm to allow me to catch up so exactly. let's ex- I have to explain I am not a slow no, reader not at David all. just has a little bit more free time than I do <laughs> to read with his job so I'm kid. I don't yeah.
1: Like,
0: yeah I just don't want people thinking like I can't read or something that is not it okay right. he's just he has the time and I am mean, not to say he's not a he's not a slow reader either I'm just saying. He's got a little bit more free time than right. I do, so he can breeze through these faster than I can. Right. But I'm getting there. Right. I'm getting there. I'm not I'm not quite at the halfway point. I'm very close. Right. So, uh, but we'll get into that. Again, that'll be a fire case, or is a dark thing that we'll do. Right. But... Um, Overall, though, are you enjoying the series? Are you enjoying reading the book series and doing yes. the comparison of the show and everything?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyone who watched our uh, After Dark episode about, I think, book two would, would know that um, mm-hmm. I'm definitely enjoying the contrast. I would say that book three uh, – maybe you'll agree with me here. on how far you've gotten. Uh, book three is much slower to get started, I feel, yeah. than the others, mm-hmm. and so it's not quite as – it takes a while to get going. Uh, just, I'll just put it that way. It takes some time to get going. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: but the same could also be true of the series itself. I feel like at this point in the series, watching it anyway, these bits were a little bit slower to get us to the main event. Right. I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, what I would say is, is that um, part of the issue, and I don't want to go into too much detail, but it's not a bad issue per se. It's just part of why it's slower. Is that each book introduces new point of view characters, and the characters okay. in this book. I'm not as into not, not that I don't like them. They're just like Miller and Holden were the only two characters in book one. You get everything from their perspective. And then like book two had four perspectives. You had Ava Sarala, you had Bobby, you had Prax and you had Holden. And in this one, like you and I love Ava Sarala. She's a great character, but she's not in book three. Um, Prax was okay. Fine. But no, he's not there anymore. So we got a whole new cast of characters this time. Um, some of them were great. There's one that I have some issues with, but we will not have to go to any details okay. now, but uh, yeah, so okay. that's, that's what I'm doing. And then, um, in the meantime, uh, I, so I've been reading a lot of books about, you know, like the American revolution and all that, as I talked about, but one thing I decided to do was also read some fiction from the era and Jane Austen, of course, was, uh, living in like the, like she, her books were coming out post 1800, if I understand her timeline correctly. So right around this area, And so, uh, I started reading Sense and Sensibility today just for kicks, you know, it's a chick flick, but, um.
0: Just for something to do. Yeah, it's,
1: it's, it's great. (laughs) It's different, a different style. Um, I've, I don't remember watching the movie with Emma Thompson all the way through. I know my mom used to watch it, but I love the Pride and Prejudice six episode BBC version with Colin Firth as Mr. Darcy. That is hands down the best version of Pride and Prejudice, the, um, the movie version with um, what's her face, Karen Knightley, eh, fine, but they had to cut so much great content in order to get it down to a movie-length uh, story. The six-episode version from the BBC from, like, the late 90s, ah, classic. If you ever want to watch just a chick right. flick, I mean, obviously, we're both two guys, obviously, here. But if you ever want to just watch some fun English, you know, time well, pieces, oh, it's it's great. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, I have a, a a thing about '90s television, so I I do end up finding certain things to watch. Um, I haven't I haven't done anything recently on that scope just yet, but who knows? I might make my way around. I do like a lot of BBC shows. Mm-hmm. I have been going back and watching other things. Like um, I started watching all three of these at the same time, and yet not related to each other. Like it wasn't like one inspired the other and like that. But I've been watching Luther um Justified and Dexter. I have I I don't know why all those shows like kind of just popped up for me to watch right. but I have been watching them. All of them great shows for vastly different reasons. Yeah. If you if you like that kind of I mean they're all aspects of I guess cop dramas. I mean obviously Dexter is he's a serial killer and you know whatever but um you said Justified I mean, is one
1: of those, right? Yeah, Justified I've, I've is another one I wanted to he's watch a, that one. That one looks really good.
0: Yeah. That one's it's very interesting. I know that like what piqued my interest the most was that it's it's all based in and around the state of Kentucky, and um, that's where I you know grew up, and you know so a lot of that stuff was very familiar at least at least landscape name wise. Right. You know, I I didn't I'd never traveled in and out of the hollers as they're called you know and all that kind of stuff. I didn't do any of that, but it still I think that was what started it for me was hearing just kind of that name recognition of places like. Bowling Green, Lexington, <laughs> Frankfurt, so forth, and so on, right. and then it kind of just spiraled into the out of that and it's it's uh, like an updated western, you know, a very modern uh western, and I've enjoyed that and then Luther is a it's a BBC show and it features um Idris Elba and he's a detective. But he's, you know, definitely a shades of gray detective, and uh, you know, ends justify the means. I and mean, when the opening episode, he lets a killer fall to his death. Right. You know. So, um, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of that, and what I just recently yeah, watched. It
1: Elba, man. He, classic, great actor. Fantastic. Everyone knows fantastic Elba's actor, great. Right.
0: Yeah. Right. He always gets and then, get shafted
1: course. by like he's a great actor, but he always like misses out on some of the like more. Either he's in a, a show that's great but not well known, or a movie, or he's yeah. in a big movie but it doesn't do as well as it should.
0: Right, Star Trek. There was not, a movie that he did. He did one into of the, darkness.
1: Not into. Yes, he did one of the. Was it into darkness? It was the third one. I know it was the third one. I thought that was. I thought into darkness was the second one, but it was the start. The third Star Trek J.J. Abrams reboot book or yeah. movie. Movie. Um, and it was not I as good me. as the other two. It was like eh, like. Fun well, popcorn film, but he was unfortunately kind of like in the the bad one of the three, if you will. He was
0: the yeah. He was supposed to be the villain, but the, he also played a backseat to kind of the the crew's turmoil and angst, them trying to figure out what their true next moves and motivations were going to be. It was yeah. very much about more about Kirk and Kirk struggling with being a captain on a long term five year mission and the monotony of the mission and not kind of being the jumping from adventure to adventure hero moment to hero movement until he kind of find refines redefines his purpose right um that was more about what that movie was than anything else and the crew kind of figuring out a way for them to stick together versus this outside villain kind of attacking their you know belief systems in the enterprise and so forth right so um but yeah you're right like he he's a great actor and he um it seems like he does projects that yeah, do, either don't get the recognition or they don't feature him as well as they should. He also starred in a Western that featured, um, it was an all black cast and it was very much in the style of, you know, kind of the old school spaghetti Western type, uh, um, you know, Clint Eastwood type Western movies. Right. And um, I mean, obviously it was a bit more graphic because it was updated. We like, we, you know, today's filming and everything else, but it was a great movie. Like it was, I remember, like, I didn't know much about it, but what made me want to watch it was that he was in it. And, um, it was great. Mm -hmm. It was great. There's a lot of action. It's got a great story. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, you know? And then, um, there were a couple of other actors who were in the movie who, like, they really stood out. And, like, they also were people who had been in other things, but I also feel like don't get the same kind of recognition they should. Um, you know, Regina King, for example, she's in the movie. She was great. And, um the what's the name of the actress i can't think of her name right now but she was in the deadpool movie her power is that she's basically lucky like nothing ever happens to her i don't
1: know that the actress's name but i know what she looks like i know her face yeah. okay
0: well she she's in the she's in the movie as well and she does a great job right. as well so i mean like there's a lot of a lot of people in the and the guy who is now going to be in the marvel movie as as kang hmm um, he's in that cowboy movie as well. I mean, they all give great performances. So if you just like, if you like Westerns and you kind of want to see that, you should go look it up. Um, great movie. I wish I could tell you the title of it right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being so dumb and I can't, um, you know, right. I don't know why I can't just recall it. Cause I just watched it maybe like a week ago. Um, but, hey, it is what it is. Right. Um, we're not here to talk about that anyway. Oh, <laughs> I, I Googled it real quick while we were sitting there talking about it. It's called The Harder They Fall. Came out in 2021. So, again, it's not that old. Mm. And um, it's a great movie. Go watch it. The Harder They Fall. Idris Elba, everybody else, would appreciate you watching it. I know that they were talking about making some more uh, in along this line of of films. And they do leave this movie open for a bit of a – a little bit for a um, – potential sequel, but nothing's been done with it yet. Now, again, it's only, you know, a couple of years old, so there may be something in development we just haven't heard anything yet, right. but um, otherwise, still great movie. Okay. Great movie. Alright. But as I said, we're not here to talk about the great Idris Elba or <laughs> uh, 90s TV shows or any of that. We are here to talk about the next, not the next generation, but Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Yep. Jeez, I'm all over the place. <laughs> and... Um, through the Looking Glass, a Mirror Episode Episode. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, this is the second time that Deep Space Nine has gone to the Mirror Universe, right. and um, we do hear a little bit about that in this episode, but before we do that, David, would you like to give the recap or do you want me to do it?
1: Um, I think I did it last week, but I could do it again. Uh, so, should I give it a go? Go for it. Alright, okay, so... Episode opens and pretty quickly, it um, Cisco's on the on in ops, and O'Brien suddenly comes to ops and holds uh, Cisco at gunpoint, walks him over to the uh, transporter, and they he uses some sort of device to like tell the tell it what to do, and he forces uh, Cisco and himself to wick uh, whisk away. And when we come back, uh, they've been taken to the Mirror Universe. And it turns out this is not our O'Brien. This is the O'Brien from the Mirror Universe, Smiley, mm-hmm. as uh, the Cisco of this universe calls him. But the Cisco of this universe, who is leading a Terran or human rebellion against the Alliance, which is the Cardassians, uh, the Klingons, and the Bajorans, um, he is leading a, a rebellion against this Alliance. But unfortunately, this Cisco has been killed in this universe. Uh, so, O'Brien has captured our Cisco and brought him there because it turns out there's a scientist who is developing a technology that will determine where every Terran base is. And the woman who is de- de- creating this technology is none other than Jennifer Cisco, the in our universe dead wife of our Cisco. But in this universe, his the Cisco is dead, uh, and his wife Jennifer is alive as a basically a, a privileged
0: prisoner. Yeah, on on she's a privileged prisoner
1: on on the Yes, it's called yes. Terraknor Nor because it again is the the Cardassians who built it, but on Deep Space Nine. Now, anyone who remembers the previous Mirror mirror Universe episode, we'll remember there was a Cisco. He was the in-charge of a pirate ship, basically. And he was the sometime lover of the Intendant, who is Kira in this Mirror Universe. And she is the ruler, this kind of um, iron-fisted, sultry dominatrix type who rules on Terok Nor, Deep Space Nine. Uh, under And under her is... Um, What's his face? Garrick. Garrick. Yeah, yeah. Garrick is her second in command. And, um, so basically O'Brien has uh, this O'Brien smiley as he's called, uh, has captured Cisco to help convince Jennifer to give up her scientific pursuit of this technology that would, you know, find every Terran base and instead come join them in the rebellion. Um, Initially, before Cisco learns the detail that it's Jennifer Cisco that he's going to be trying to talk to, is like, "Heck no, I'm not going to do this." What are you talking about? But as soon as he learns it is Jennifer, he's like, "I got to do it," and joins up. And so he has to pretend to be the dead Cisco, who was a much more kind of rambunctious, willing to fight, kind of you know, he was he was just a more aggressive person. So anyway, but. Mm-hmm. cisco manages to play along uh one thing that's interesting is the dax of this universe is his lover uh the the uh the bashir of this universe is a kind of I don't know how, how would you put it he's like a, he's an unhappy kind of rude he kind of challenges the cisco of this universe he's he's yeah he's
0: he he's he's
1: one of those you
0: know, he's second Mount in continues. command. He acts like he wants to be, yeah, he yeah. wants to be in charge, but doesn't really have a vision. He doesn't really have anything. he's just he's spiteful, yeah,
1: yeah. and um uh Cork is dead, but his brother Nog is a part of this resistance.
0: Because um, we saw Quark die in the other episode, the other Mirror Universe episode, he was murdered. I forget what Kira. happened to him, you'll have to remind to me what Kira.
1: happened to him, but I know I know that he died, I just forget what the details were. He,
0: basically, he was, I mean, he was a slave, just like everybody else was, but he tended the bar, he was more neutral than his brother that we see here, who was obviously um, kind of playing both sides. He's a triple Quark agent. Quark was more neutral, is, we'll talk about. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Quark was more neutral, and he was finally convinced by our Kira, I guess we're Prime Universe Kira to help them escape, but before he could actually help them, uh, the Intendant Kira found out and had him
1: killed. Right. And by the way, I think I said Nog earlier. It's Rom, I meant Rom, the brother of Gordon. Anyway, um, so here's the plot it's going to turn out they're going to try and get on the station and convince Jennifer. Now, the details of what happened are not shown to us until the actual kind of heist begins, but O'Brien and Cisco uh, are basically intentionally captured by the Alliance that they don't show that to us. We just, Oh, they're suddenly they're, they're captured. They were going to the station, but when they get to the station, uh, Cisco is able to talk to Jennifer and she realizes uh, they had a, the, this version of Cisco in this universe, this mirror version was not a good husband. He ran around on her and then left her to go be a pirate. And she's mad at him, of course. Um, but, our Cisco is able to convince her that at least he's changed, uh, at the very least. So she actually decides to go with them. Uh, the intended Kira, who has a kind of crush type thing going on, you know, she basically she just likes his dangerousness and the fact that he challenges mm-hmm. her. Uh, she lets him live, though Garrick wants him dead. But yeah. so he's able to convince Jennifer to join them. Turns out O'Brien. Uh, and him were intentionally captured. They uh, are. They try to escape by bringing some of the Terran workers with them. But it turns out that the attendant, Kira has realized the truth of what's going on because Rom, who was playing triple agent, so he was with our guys. But during part of the episode, we see him go to Kira and say, "I I can give him to you. I can, you know, work out a situation where he'll he'll fall into your your trap." But then it turns out that that was actually part of the plan all along. So he was a triple agent. But he's been killed, and his body is on the door to the the ship, so they can't escape.
0: Docking docking ring, yeah. Docking
1: ring, so they can't escape. Kira and Garrick and others chase them. They go back into the uh, mining area, and uh, Cisco, because he has knowledge of our version of Tarraknor or Deep Space Nine, is able to set up a self destruct sequence. That only he can deactivate, and he tells Kira that the only way he'll give them the code to turn it off is to let them escape. So she does. They take Jennifer back to their state uh, to their base, and there Cisco reveals and not he doesn't give any details, but does admit that he is not the Cisco that she knew. Um, and that's basically it. Uh, she that kisses him goodbye, it. and he goes back to our universe. So um, yeah. I'm going to just quickly say, because you've already said you like this episode, I feel like this one, I, I was kind of just thinking, like you said, you don't like Mirror Universe episodes, and I was thinking, yeah. well, what are you going to say about that? And I was like, I just feel like this one is another episode that deserved more time to build up its story. Yeah. There are some plot holes, I would say, but we can go to more detail. But before I go to my problems with it, do uh, you have anything else to add or anything? Like, why do you like the episode? Okay.
0: So, first I'll start with with saying yes, I have said many times I don't like Mirror Universe Universe episodes, mainly because ever since the inception of the Mirror Universe, I feel like it has been a trope that they trot out whenever they're just kind of like bored and stretching and trying to figure out how to get us from whatever point in the in the series they are to the next major conflict so there's a lot of things that are getting ready to happen in deep space nine in the next few episodes that are very important to everything else that comes next in the following seasons however they couldn't just magically make that happen so they needed to well have a filler and i feel like that's what happens whenever we get these episodes it's very rare that they do them in a manner that makes them important to the overall plot of the entire series Mm -hmm. they just really are bottle episodes um the the very first time they did it in um, the original series interesting idea but it was definitely a one-off uh next generation never did Never did mirror universe episodes. Deep Space Nine does five of them, and um, it, it bothers me that they did so many. And then, of course, um, Discovery has now done like uh, their whole like second half of their of the first season. I believe was mainly about the mirror universe. Now they did try to tie it into several different story arcs throughout the um, throughout their series. So it didn't it didn't finally end until the um the third season okay and they finally got all that sorted out with the last remaining mirror universe character so i mean they at least tried to draw it out a bit um enterprise did a two-parter with some mirror universe stuff didn't enjoy it and again it just it doesn't do anything for us because it's not a universe that we're going to be in for very long right so Us trying to understand the motivations of those people and that universe to me makes no sense. It's a waste of time. I really wish they would just figure out another way to like get us to the points, right? Or just spend more time on developing your story and make and you know, I guess lean more into serialization and give me a more complex story. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, that's going to be my main, my main objection to mirror universe stuff. Also, I think it's just crappy that they don't make enough of an effort to show changes in the universe like okay in the original series the the way that we knew that they were different like their uniforms are different sure but then spock had a beard other than that he was still mr vulcan mr logic i mean it's just like really like that's it even in this one cisco you know he transports over with o'brien smiling and beyond o'brien wearing different clothes he's essentially the same character right you know, he's a you know, he he doesn't even do enough really to show that he's um formerly a slave, which we saw him get free in the last episode, which is called crossover, by the way. There's no 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 kind of slave demeanor about him. I guess he doesn't really seem kind of beaten down or trodden. He's very much like O'Brien. He still fixes things, he still knows how to do things, he still does all this stuff, right? And everybody just accepts Cisco when he walks in. Like he doesn't look a little bit different. Like, wouldn't a person who's been on the run, who's you know hunted by multiple alien entities, you know, races and everything else, wouldn't he be a bit, a little bit more haggard and careworn, not you know rested, fit, fully fed? You know, I would expect him to be a bit more leaner, you know, something. And then for him, to, for our Cisco to walk in, they should have instantly been suspicious. He doesn't look. The same, he doesn't look like a hunted man. Right. So, yeah, that should have been, and, and I mean, look, especially in comparison to everybody else, look at Bashir with his wild hair and he's dirty and everything else. And then here comes Cisco in, who has supposedly just been blown up and somehow magically escaped and has been hiding all this time. He's not dirty, disheveled, <laughs> needs a shave, yeah. nothing. And no one questioned it. Right. So it just like you are like, Oh, you seem a little bit different, but then he punches him and like, Ah, oh, he's all right. Like that's all it took. Right. Like, come on. i I feel like I would be a little bit more suspicious. Yeah. Um Yeah. We did get to see some other like some other Easter egg characters like the uh Black Vulcan that stands up and talks as Tuvok, yeah, who is who, are in, in our universe, we know him as Lieutenant Commander Tuvok of the Starship Voyager. So, and, um, by this point, yeah.
1: this is season three of Deep Space Nine. This is not yet... Discovery has... I'm sorry. Um, Voyager, Voyager has not yet come out yet. So this is the first episode um, of him is, as this character. Is that right?
0: I I don't know. i have to go back and double check. But I think Voyager was out by now. Okay. I think Voyager was out. Because I thought um, that
1: at this point, you know, uh, you know, TNG had just ended before this season came out, right? Or at least, because I just watched the Generations movie, so TNG had just mm-hmm. ended. Didn't it take a year or so before Voyager got going? Uh,
0: so, I mean, I know that it was the mid-90s. Let's just see. We, we got the time. Right. Star Trek, Voyager, um, let's see. When, when did the pilot air so yeah the pilot aired uh january 16th 1995 this episode aired April 17th 1995 so yeah this episode uh, two this was they were still in their first season
1: so they were still in it I, yeah, I just, Voyager's
0: Voyager's first season had, had just started. Okay. Voyager's first season started January sixteenth. Oh got it. Okay. I nineteen ninety five. I, I didn't hear you say that yes. part. Okay, so yeah, this would okay. literally
1: be like the crossover event of sorts between those two shows, but not in the sense yes. that we would really think about it, because it's just the character, but from a mirror universe. Interesting. Okay. Right. Gotcha. And Tim Russell now, some people... appeared in Deep Space Nine as a Klingon. I think it was uh, the beginning of yes. season two actually. Um,
0: and he was also in Next Generation um as a um he was a,
1: a mercenary
0: worker. who who he was a mercenary who tried to take over the Enterprise in the episode Starship Mine, where Picard and crew had gone down to this planet while the Enterprise is in orbit to do a Baryon sweep. And nobody's allowed to be on the on the ship while they do the baryon sweep. And meanwhile the the rest of the command staff had been down to the planet and they were taking part in this, you know, kind of You know, lounge, you know, meet and greet get together affair that none of them wanted to go to but had to. And Picard was trying to sneak off to do some horseback riding and had been back aboard the ship real quick to get his saddle because every rider has their own saddle and ended up getting trapped on the ship with the mercenaries who were trying to steal some dilithium resin from the Enterprise's warp engines before the Baryon sweep started, right. and Picard stops them. Right. Stops them for doing so. And Tim Russ is in that episode. Tim Russ is also in the movie Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Um, right. He is on on board the USS Excelsior with Captain Hikaru Sulu.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm reading here on his Wikipedia page that he was in Star Trek Generations as a lieutenant on the Enterprise B, but I don't see...
0: Oh, that... Okay, so... That is correct. He was in that movie, but then in Star Trek Voyager, there's an episode where they retcon him as being on the undiscovered country mission that the, uh, that the Excelsior was on okay. at the time. Okay. He would have been on the ship at that time. So yeah, but he's in that movie.
1: Okay. Got it. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Wow. Yeah. He, uh, he's like, well, I guess technically isn't um, Worf, the actor plays Worf, the most prolific actor but, Worf
0: is the most prolific Star Trek actor. He has been in more Star Trek than anyone else. But it sounds like yes, uh
1: Tim Russ has appeared in well, maybe not say the most, but certainly like he's a close kind of second of sorts. Like he's been If you're
0: if you're talking about in regards to like the total franchise and like just popping up in places, I think that He's like the whack a mole. Tim of
1: Russ wins. Star-
0: well, Star to a certain degree, but but Worf, but Michael Dorn has been in a lot of them too. Michael Dorn was also in the Undiscovered Country movie. He played um, um, Worf's ancestor, who argued right. a case, who argued the case for Kirk and McCoy when they were put on trial in that episode. Mm-hmm. He has been in all the Next Generation episodes, of course. Then he was in you know the Deep Space Nine ones as well. He's done a lot of voice acting and stuff as well. Um, but yeah, he, he still holds the record for being in the most, um, Star Trek related stuff.
1: Interesting. Okay.
0: So now the record he, <coughs> and now for a long time, the record was held by, uh, if you were just counting just voice was held by Major Roddenberry yes, because, you course. know, she was, she is the computer voice, but yeah, uh, Michael Doran officially, um, clipped her with his, uh, Uh, with the movies between the between deep space nine and all the movies that he was in he beat her and now that he's coming back for season three of picard he will obviously add to it so i don't think anybody's gonna be able to touch him
1: come back and try and reclaim her crown he can only extend no she can't yeah yeah
0: yeah so yeah, he's so Michael Dorn is holding that record, and I'm I'm pretty proud of him for it. Now, uh, back to Tim Russ, though, while he has not been in as much Star Trek, he has definitely been a favorite of Star Trek. Um, directors and producers for quite a while. In fact, if you were to go and look at the original actor selection for um, potential roles on The Next Generation, you will find Tim Russ's name. He was in consideration to be Geordi LaForge. Yeah. Way back. So Obviously, he didn't get it. It went to LeVar Burton, but I'm just saying... The man's been on the Star Trek call sheet for a very, yeah, very long a time. Yeah,
1: man held out and so, held out. I mean, imagine being a part of the original potential cast of TNG and then having to wait through all of that show and the start of a new one, and then a third one finally comes around and they finally pick you to play right. Chewbacca. So.
0: 30 years later, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. At least sort 10, seems... yeah.
1: Because yeah, yeah, eight, actually but... 10
0: years. Yeah. Oh, um... But yeah, uh, so I, I enjoyed seeing him, and then of course we get our other counterparts. Um, we get to see Dax in a different light, and of course the Intendant is back as well, and um, Cisco gets up to some. Uh some naughty bits here with uh, Dax and the Intended. Yeah. Um, I was like, he wow. Definitely, he, liked- he definitely leaned into his role yeah. as Mirror Universe Ben. Yeah, he's
1: like, ah, I can finally enjoy all those <laughs> things. I've denied myself all this time. I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> I think it's something that, I, I, I honestly think it's something that like the writers, they had to have had a lot of fun and played around with that because you can't deny when you're watching... Uh, you know, Dax and Cisco together—that they have a certain chemistry. That I mean, they play it off very well as being very close friends. But I mean, it's even been, you know, considered by the other people. I know Quark and Bashir both speculated as to whether or not they were actually, you know, some kind of a couple.
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Um. So now we get to kind of, kind of see that come to fruition here.
1: I um, think it's funny though, at least that Cisco doesn't seem to balk much. Because we know that he always calls her old man, stuff like that. Like, he rolls with it pretty quickly, <laughs> basically, is what I'm mm-hmm. getting at. Um, of course, it really- he really
0: does. He, he doesn't put up much of a struggle with her at all. Like, he's initially taken by surprise when she tries to unbutton his shirt. But then, yeah, nah, he was down. Yeah. He was down for it. Now,
1: maybe I just blocked it from my memory, and it was the commercial break. But, I mean, I know he, like, follows her back into the room. But did they actually do anything? Or was it just, like, he's yes. Okay.
0: It was the it was the classic nineties the commercial break you know, white. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what, I, you that's know, what we, I
1: thought happened. I was just like, okay, I'm just making sure that it's how I remember. The it mu- kept, like, the
0: music gets the music gets soft, the camera gets a little shimmer on it, and then we fade away and now everybody's in new positions and we're supposed to take I, that fading okay, as so maybe hours maybe, later. Do you
1: know did did Avery Brooks and did um uh, what's her face? Um Terry Farrell. Yeah, did the two of them ever comment on that publicly on the characters? Like certainly so, Cisco, like Avery Brooks had just... Avery
0: Brooks Avery Brooks has commented and he said that, you know, initially when he read the script he was delighted because Cisco finally got to have sex, which is something that had not <laughs> been seen. Hey, something had not been seen or talked about in the in, in the run of the show yet, and he was finally glad that Cisco got to have sex not once but twice. He got both Jadzia and the Intendant Kira in uh, this well, that's episode. That's the thing too. So, they, they
1: definitely like it's almost like they don't ever actually do anything because like, you never see them with any. Different, like their clothing doesn't ever seem to change. Like if they do get down anything, they get back in their costumes real quick. Basically, as I'm getting at,
0: it's very much uh, you know those those again the smoke and mirror scenes. You know yeah. it, they do all the stuff to give you the lead up that that's what's going to happen, and then we switch <laughs> scenes and we're panning to something else, and then we're coming back to them, and they're in a more relaxed state. And we're right. supposed to assume that what's happened here is is sex. So, so what what yeah. gets
1: you about all that? is that if the idea is, is that he's coming to this mirror universe to re-meet his dead wife, Jennifer, the one who died five years ago, it's traumatic, blah, blah, blah. I mean, yes, we know that he's moved on, but the fact that he like, he's about to re-meet his dead wife, and at the same time, he's like, all right, I got to play the part, and I have a lady friend, a mistress, as O'Brien says explicitly, she's your mistress, and then Kira, attendant Kira, and again, both of it's not like these are just random women. Like he knows these women in his own universe very well. Yeah, in his own universe. It's just like I just can't imagine. Like I he's so kind of got a role so you can it, take guess. a little
0: bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can take a bit of you know license here, grain of salt, whatever you want to call it. And uh, we we don't know the timeline. Like, is all this happening in an hour? it a couple of days, a few weeks. What is it? We don't know. So, if you kind of stretch it out a little bit that way, then things tend to can help you to make a little bit more sense. He's dealing with this situation in which the only way he's going to get home is if he fully cooperates. He has to lean into this role because if these people get suspicious, they're not going to do what he says. Everything could fall apart. And beyond just the mission failing, he could find himself suddenly dead or as a slave or, you know, any other things in this mirror universe. So he's really got to, you know, seal the deal on this role and be successful in the mission. Right. If he has any hope really of getting home now, I mean, you could say that, you know, O'Brien didn't strong arm him that much yeah, into, you know, staying and doing what he, you know, what he did. Right. I'm sure he could have convinced the man. Cause I mean, that's the other thing we're supposed to take is that uh, this O'Brien is also just as, just as good of a man, just salt of the earth as the O'Brien that we know. Right. So if that's of the any way true, he's the
1: least different, the least changed. Yeah, yeah, he's
0: the least. Yeah, and the least difficult. So if the situation really needed to, Cisco could have convinced him to um, send him home. Right. You know. Um, and then you know that's the other part about the mirror universe stuff that I don't like. They're they're both clearly aware that the other universe exists, and yet they do almost nothing to stop people from going back and forth and from making decisions, you know, like, now there's this whole thing about how, you know, Starfleet, after the first time anyone crossed over, made a rule about, um, you know, a, a rule and established a protocol about, uh, encountering your mirror counterpart or trying intentionally to get to the mirror universe and everything else and that's all well and good but there's nothing that says that people on the other side yeah. would have had any such yeah, Brian, rule or if, compulsion. If,
1: if Smiley O'Brien has the technology to go to our universe why doesn't he just bring everyone with him to our universe to escape unless I mean being a slave yeah I mean unless your argument is like well he's a freedom fighter and he's not gonna just abandon all the other Terrans okay fine I get well, that I mean
0: they that's the argument they try to make and I mean that's a nice altruistic argument but honestly if you were a slave right and there seemed to be no other way for you to escape and yet you found a way to a whole other universe right. where you could literally be whatever you want exactly. go wherever you want why wouldn't you? Or at the very why least,
1: why aren't they, like, making a safe base on our universe? Why aren't they trying to ally with the Federation yeah. in our universe? All kinds of – it raises yeah, up all the kinds of questions is, that, like, wait right, a Right, the
0: universe is huge. There's no reason that they couldn't have found a place in our universe to just be, yeah. and no one would mess with them, and no one would even know that they were there. Right. You know, there's just – there's no reason for them to do what they're doing um, at all. Right at all, right? The first time that it happened it was an accident, whatever, but now you're intentionally, not only are you coming over, but you're kidnapping people to bring them over to fight your wars stuff. Why? If you have the ability to come to our side, just come to our side and stay. Shut up. Right. Just go somewhere and hide. You're apparently good at hiding, right. so and they're looking for you, and right. you're good at hiding. Imagine coming somewhere and hiding where no one even is looking for you. Right. No problem. And no problem.
1: Kind of building on this little issue is, when Cisco agrees to stay... He doesn't tell the O'Brien that just captured him, okay, before I agree to stay, like, I, I want to stay and help, but I need to go tell my people that I'm going to stay. Like, let me go back right. real quick, tell them, okay, I got something that I they need me to do. I'll be back when I can get back. Right. He just stays there for assumably several days and abandons his post on the abandoned Abandons ride. his post,
0: <laughs> abandons his kid. You know, yeah. like, like, and I mean, everybody and people ever... saw him be kidnapped. Right. People saw him be kidnapped. Do you think that no one is now looking for exactly. him? No one went, no one went to O'Brien and was like, Hey, why'd you kidnap Cisco? Yeah, And then put it together. That, that wasn't really O'Brien who did is it. And Jake figured just this sitting
1: out? there going, "Ass, ah, screw it. Yeah. I didn't like my dad right. anyway. Yeah, yeah, he
0: does. The, he does this all the time. He'll be back. Like, what? What happened? Yeah. Like, there's, there's absolutely no follow up on that at all. So, yeah, again, these are my problems that I have with it. Like, yeah. logistically, it doesn't make any sense. Right. They should have, they should have been, there should have been some kind of messaging, something else, right. That could have been done here even, to make this a bit more a, palatable. Even
1: a simple answer of we only have a limited amount of energy that can get us to universe and back and i only have one charge left and so i need you to please commit and we'll get you back when we're done like that would have been a one line explanation mm-hmm. we could have been solved that problem right away yeah
0: yeah or you know anything like that this device only works you know one way or only to this location and only for this amount of time we have a very narrow window like anything like that or even somewhere along the line of in the greater explanation of Mirror Universe, they could just explain that crossovers are rare because of xyz thing there were number, right of, it's, yeah it's, we have a
1: limited nexus while our universes are right together all kinds of bullshit you could cover.
0: right with. yeah they're they're parallel <laughs> but they're own no i'm just yeah, <laughs> you're making a great point though they're parallel but only at certain points do they ever cross or touch or whatever it is and that can allow for temporary what like there could have been any number of things they could do to explain why these universes don't cross over or merge more than they do right now i now I say all that, and I, and I do know that discovery in later seasons does kind of address this. One of the characters starts having some issues, and it turns out it's because she's a mirror universe character, and because they're since her DNA is based in the mirror universe, they have determined that the mirror universe has diverged so much by this point in the future from the prime universe that that's what's causing her glitch she's from a time before the divergence so she's having all these issues they have to send her back otherwise she would die in their time in there so that's the only time they've ever really talked about but they're talking about like it's now diverged so much there's nothing that talks about why it should even be possible in the first place so yeah star trek failed on this one and they need to kind of rectify that right. at some point. Especially if they're going to keep doing Mirror Universe episodes, which, of course they will. It's like their favorite thing to do. Right. Ooh, you know, we get to do, you know, belly shirts and ripped off sleeves and yeah. goatees everywhere. Well, I, just, I have to say, here we are.
1: Kira as the intendant is just fabulous. She,
0: the gift that she, keeps on giving. She
1: rocks those hips, man. She's when she walks, she's got that hip movement. You're like, woo hoo You loving this character, aren't you, <laughs> Nana Visitor? Uh, man, it's it's hilarious to watch her get to kind of uh, you know play it up a bit, be a bit campy. Uh, she's definitely the best part of the of these Mirror Universe episodes, and even Garrick is she great. Is, she
0: is wonderful. Yeah, Garrick yes. has
1: this. He's not as intelligent, not as bright, but he's more loudmouth, more aggressive. Venable. Instead of being yeah, a spy very master, he went into the military, seemingly. Like, there's a difference there. Um, like, I, I don't mind seeing – again, I don't mind seeing people, you know, actors playing their characters, but in different situations, like a different version of their character. Um, it just brings up the problem of, yeah, like, why is O'Brien – basically the same we didn't see bashir last time because in that no. episode it was bashir who had come it was our bashir who went to that universe but he doesn't meet his counterpart but kira did right um so yeah it's it's it, 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 it yeah. has potential i'm not saying it's a bad yeah. idea but i think you're right i feel like it's a sloppily executed idea or at least there are some issues about like they, they don't give it a chance to blossom and really be fulfilled it, there's, there's problems with it. I guess sloppy is just the way. I'll, I'll
0: stick with sloppy. Is the word. Yeah. yeah. They, there's just not enough like, there's there's so much potential and then they just squander it over and over and over again. And I mean, you're supposed to just be okay with these kind of one-offs and, you know, seeing everybody in a different light and whatever and, yeah, and, you know, Nana, you know, sashaying her way through scenes is distracting enough I'll say that, <laughs> but sure. You, you just want you you want a bit more when you think of all the times we see mirror universe stuff play out you just you always feel like you want a bit more you want a better explanation they never really explain what the divergence was i mean even to this day there's argument about as as to why the universes um split the way that they did because right. so much of our history is clearly the same right and so, what was that focal point? Now, there has been a lot of different speculation about that. There is some speculation that it was the, the point of first contact when, when Vulcans made first contact with humans, which um, in our universe, that went smoothly. Uh, well, I mean, had its uh, otherwise smoothly, had its bumps here and there. But um, in the mirror universe, when Vulcans landed, instead of shaking their hands, Zephyr and Cochran shot him. So that's that's the difference. Um, there's also the thought that the difference, still stemming from First Contact, is that Zephram Cochran um, in in our universe doesn't say anything about another set of aliens, but in the Mirror Universe he warns the Vulcans about another aggressive species of aliens, and he's also been kind of war- warning and fear-mongering humans about this aggressive other species of aliens that so that when humans go to the stars in that universe, they are already anticipating a fight. They come from Earth as aggressors rather than as explorers, right. and that's why there was kind of this advancement of imperialism when they moved into into space. Gotcha. So, so there's that. There's other talk of you know like the Roman Empire never fell in their universe, and it's oh, been wow. you know in power. Yeah. It's been in power in one iteration or another. Uh, That's kind of a take from Discovery. Um, Interesting. So so there's that. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that that they don't fully explain, but kind of touch on. And so there's no real concrete, what's the thing that did it? Um, I know in the original series episode, there was kind of an illusion that the Nazi regime never fell. Hmm. And so there was now some kind of iteration. There's been several different iterations of Nazi imperialistic views and stuff throughout history. And that's why they are the way that they are when we, when we crossed over in that episode. Hmm. So yeah, a lot of different things that could be the flashpoint, but they never really, they never really say. Hmm. Okay. Now real quick back on the intended, just want to tell the story real quick. That is as, as fetching as Nana was (laughs) in that, in that rubber skin type, outfit. Um, she
1: hated that too, didn't she? She, hate, she, she hated it. She
0: absolutely hated it. <laughs> she hates
1: um, the claustrophobic feeling of our costumes. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Apparently this one was, it was extremely hot. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about filming for 17, 18 hours a day under those intense lights and everything else, um, it her to sweat a lot. But unfortunately, because of the type of material that it was, when she sweat, it changed the color of the uniform, oh. and it made it hard to film. So, to fix this, in between her takes, when she was wearing that outfit, she had to stand in front of giant fans to keep her from, over from sweating, wow. keep her from keep her cool. So she would go from wind tunnel to scene, and then back to wind tunnel, her basically, hair must
1: have been and all kinds of a problem to work. Yeah, was, yeah, man.
0: Must have been a nightmare for them to do um, under that so, under question. that time was pressure. Was
1: that specifically a problem for this episode? Like her outfit for this episode was that, or was that every time they, or at least did that happen last time we were here?
0: Gen- the way it was explained, I took it to mean any time that she was in that very form fitting rubber suit, right. then yes, that was the problem. Now, if you remember, the first time we saw the Intendant, she only wore that one, like once or twice, and it was very brief, whereas in this episode, she wears it pretty much the whole time. We don't really see see her out of it, except for, yeah. yeah. Like when she's
1: running, when she's in charge of all the people fighting and all that,
0: yeah. Right, right. So, yeah. So, I think that that was, they were probably able, they didn't realize it was a problem probably the first time when they did the crossover episode, and now in this one, since she had to wear it the whole time, I think that's when it became more of a problem. But, yeah, as, as great as she looks and as much as she doesn't seem like she's irritated at all she hated it Gotcha. so
1: so there was a question i wanted to ask you uh, which yeah. i wanted to hold on to so first off i want to quickly say that i thought the scientist that this episode was going to be uh, referencing was going to be dax before she showed up i thought dax was going to be the one doing all this and then it turns out okay. it's jennifer is this the same actress who played her in the pilot
0: Yes, it is. It is. Okay. Yes, it is. I
1: I felt like it might be, but I didn't want to look it up. I wanted to just ask you and figure out if it was or not. Great. Okay. It is. Yeah.
0: And that was something that the um, directors and, you know, Ira Stephen Bear, who was kind of, who was our producer, showrunner there um, for New Space Nine, he was um, very excited to do. That was something that they had wanted to do for a while to give us a chance to really see jennifer and as much as this is mirror universe jennifer we are supposed to kind of take this as this is as close to what jennifer was like as possible yes she's angry at ben but as you watch as she's you know kind of re-getting to know him and some of that's dropping away that anger the animosity her reaction to him and her interest in him is supposed to be very much jen yeah this is her this is Jennifer. Yeah,
1: you definitely, get and it was the, nice to see. Yeah, you definitely get the sense that um, she had a tumultuous relationship with her Cisco, but it, she did love him on some level. Like, <laughs> frankly, mm-hmm. if there's any complaint to be made about her in some ways is that she kind of gives in a little too easy, um, which is one of my complaints. Yeah. Is that the is that the scheme they use is a little bit it's got some holes in it it's but you know all right it's you gotta you gotta let yourself be carried along by the story sometimes you can't in the middle of an episode a middle of a movie just say screw the plot line it's got too many coincidences i can't follow along you gotta sometimes let the coincidences happen it's the story this character is the type of character who would do this in this situation even if you wouldn't kind of thing. um yeah
0: yeah, I agree. I think that this one would have definitely been served once again as a two-parter in which we would have gotten to see more of Cisco and Jennifer interacting with each other yes. and kind of falling for each other. Yeah. Like Cisco is still very much in love with the idea of his wife yes. and having just so recently lost her, it's clear he hasn't totally gotten over her. Right. So to find so to give us a a a, a bit of a timeline where he can process the fact that this Jennifer is different right. than his, the, than the Jennifer that he lost and also allow her the same to grieve for her husband that, you know, for all their issues is, you know, never coming back. Right. And to understand that this is a different bend and a different light and for them to really kind of come together a bit would have been better. Yeah, Would have made the story better.
1: Yeah, and again, it would have the story would have been served by the whole idea that he belongs in his universe and she belongs in hers, and the crossover between them is not easy. Or, or you know, O'Brien didn't just come and show up and just steal him away on right. a whim, as it seems. No, he's only able to go back one time. And like that could have been like the climax of the of the emotional arc of the episode of like Cisco right. could stay in the mirror universe and he could be the leader of a rebellion. He could have the more exciting life and be with his wife and you know, but he has to choose. Well, his son is back there. He has responsibilities back there. Yeah, right. but
0: ah. Yeah. Ugh, dang it. <laughs> Something yeah, they just they're just again not a, not enough development here and not enough things explained and again that's how i feel about all the mirror universe episodes i feel like there's just always so much great potential for a story and then they just drop it because they have so many time constraints yeah. and they just the ability to really you know invest in the story they're trying to tell just never really seems to be there right. and it's so annoying because it's like you you've given us a lot of you know great little tidbits here and there right. we just want you to finish them yeah and and they never do. They they just, they never do. Right. In all the ones that I've ever watched from all of the different shows, they never really finish them with any um, uh, true satisfaction. Yeah. And there's always just this kind of hope that they're going to come back mm. and they're going to touch up on it or whatever. But when they do come back to the Mirror Universe, it's like everything that happened before, whatever show it was, whoever did it, forgotten. We, we're we not even going to mention it. We're not, just nothing. Right. And I, I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. So, but um, again, for a mirror universe episode, this one is probably it's the least not bad. Okay, <laughs> it's probably it's probably an awkward way to say that, but yeah, it's it's the least problematic of the of the episodes okay. when you think about. Um, I guess the overall story. I'm like we we've caught, we've pointed out some of the issues that it had, but I mean that's nothing compared to some of the other stuff that's completely glossed over in the next gen, not the next generation, but in the original series and Enterprise, um, uh, even Discovery with its like four or five episodes they did, and then bringing a the character over and everything else they did with it. Um, they still had several more issues there. Um, oh, that reminds me, Voyager also never did a mirror universe. Episode sounds like because of the
1: setting of Voyager, that would have been wise anyway. If they're not even in the same quadrant and everything, but
0: it would have been that would have been that would probably would have been one of the more interesting ones. (laughs) They're already lost in the Delta Quadrant, now they got to deal with their mirror universe counterparts (laughs) as well. That would have been wild, like
1: and the wrong universe. Damn it, they're twice as yeah, (laughs) screwed over, (laughs) exactly,
0: twice as lost and just as screwed, right? That would have been awesome.
1: Uh.
0: Um but uh, again, like the highlights of this episode are uh seeing uh Cisco and Jennifer together. Um watching the intendant again being just just awesome and creepy and mean spirited. Right. Uh Garrick is always a delight, whether he's being the spy master or he's being a ruthless cruel overseer beating up, yeah. you know, slaves and stuff. Right. And um, yeah, just watching them all kind of run around and be a little bit different. I mean, those are, that's always going to be the fun parts. Um, we've already highlighted the problems and everything else, but again, I'm going to give this episode, I'm just, it's okay. Uh, I'd give it a solid five. It has its enjoyable moments, but um, they do a lot of other stuff that will be far better. I, I, later on, I
1: do. 90%. I mean, last episode, we mentioned that Cisco was barely in the last one. So I was glad this episode focused on Cisco because as I've said a million times, Cisco in the Picard-type role is not given the Picard-type level of commitment as the main character of sorts. So I was glad mm. that we focused on him, but I was frustrated that we focused on him outside of his role at Deep Space Nine directly. We get to see him interact yes. with his alternate version wife, and we get to see some of that. But other than that, we don't... Unfortunately, get to learn much more about him. I mean, the chance to learn more about him in context with his wife was the potential of this episode. Of, of all the things that could have happened, that was the most most important uh, option or uh, opportunity that we don't really get enough of. Um, right. And uh, right. I mean, I, I love Avery Brooks when he's when he gets a chance to really go for it. Uh, he really does sometimes knock it out of the park, but the character wasn't given a chance to i mean i don't i, I don't want to overplay it, it, it no you're yeah.
0: i mean you're absolutely right i mean we we do get to see Sisko again but like you said it's just not to the same degree that um we we would have seen picard in this episode if this had right. been picard here this would have definitely focused more on his past, his troubles with his wife, had he had one and all the other kind of stuff. And we just we just didn't get to see that. Right. You know. Um he's playing a different role. He's doing something, you know, completely different here. So yeah, not not the same. Not our Cisco.
1: Right.
0: Now not my Cisco, um, not my
1: Cisco. <laughs> right. There you go. Not
0: he's not my Cisco. Yeah, uh, never my Cisco, right? Yeah. So But Like I said, there are a lot of things that are coming up in the next um, few episodes in uh, this season and beyond that are really going to um, be kind of Cisco heavy. One of our, you know, we talk about this a lot, like our favorite sideshow on Deep Space Nine is the Ciscos. And um, we have a great uh, The Ciscos episode coming up really soon, which I'm excited for uh, you to watch. Because as I've said before, as we've said before, David has never seen Deep Space Nine. So now we're getting to those points that I have been like waiting so much. Like you have to kind of sit through so much, right? And now we're starting to get there. We're we're really starting to lean into this this show a bit. And I can't wait to see your reaction to so many of these different things. And I can't wait. You'll know it as soon as you see the episode. You'll know oh this is the Cisco episode he was talking about. Ah, okay. It's they're they're great. They're great. So um but yeah, overall, what do you th- I gave the rating of this episode a five. What would you say?
1: Uh out of five, I'd say three out of five. It's not like terrible, but it has mm-hmm. this potential. Like it has, it has glimmers of some of some fun, interesting things, um, but lacks. It, it lacks. It didn't fulfill all the opportunities it could have. So.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I think that's going to pretty much do it for us on this episode. Was there anything else that you wanted to uh, go over or talk about?
1: No, know about? No, good. Yeah. This is, we're we're like ending right on time for once. <laughs> eh,
0: we'll see. We'll try to get it done. Now as always, I'd like to give a little new trek update real quick. Um uh all other trek is is done right now. Uh season three of Picard is supposed to come out uh Thursday, February 16th of 2023. So you can look forward to that. And as always, you can still listen to us on um anywhere you listen to uh podcast, I happen to do it on Spotify. And you can watch us now on YouTube on our channel. Uh, by the same name The Fire Caves a Star Trek Deep Space Nine podcast where we will also be featuring all of our After Dark stuff where we talk about all things sci-fi including um, right now The Expanse the book series so if you're interested at all follow along uh, leave your comments uh, leave your questions if you have them we'll try to get to all those things as well Um, but until next time take care of yourselves
1: thanks guys